1: i'm scott wapner and you're listening to cnbc's halftime report the podcast the most profitable hour of the trading day we record this live weekdays at 12 eastern listen in welcome to the halftime report i'm scott wapner front and center this hour what jim kramer calls the most important 72 hours of the year critical earnings from big tech the fed meeting and more all over the next few days all of it impacting your money we debate the market's next move with the Investment Committee. Joining me for the hour today, Stephanie Link. Jason Snipe is principal of Odyssey Capital Advisors. Pete Nigerian here, Josh Brown, too. Good to see everybody. Let's go to the wall and see where we stand. It's a mixed picture, and it's really a bit of a wait-and-see approach. As we get set to enter, what we said Jim Cramer said is the gauntlet. The most important 72 hours of the year, he says, get fired up or go home. Josh Brown, we are always fired up about this. We begin with Alphabet. We'll talk Microsoft in a moment. Alphabet is the best-performing Fang stock of the year. It is the one you said from the get-go to watch the most. It has performed. What now? What are your expectations going into these reports?
2: Scott, you're absolutely right to point that out. I am absolutely killing it. Anyway, um, Alphabet, while it's an important report, and it is a fast-growing uh, mega-cap stock at this point, there's really not that much variability in their earnings from quarter to quarter. You very rarely see huge misses, and you very rarely see huge beats. And I think that's just indicative of the way that this business has been run. They tend to be very conservative with their guidance. They manage to just beat it. If you look at the history of earnings disappointments or earnings excitement around Alphabet, it really just isn't there. So I expect yet another reliable quarter Big highlights should come out of YouTube. Very interested to hear how they talk, if if at all, um, about the self-driving uh, Waymo business, the taxis, and whatever else that they want to mention uh, around uh, recent, you know, lawsuits, legislation. Like those are the swing factors. Uh, for Alphabet, but I don't expect us to be
1: shocked by what they have to say. Steph, it's been a monster this year, up 31% year-to-date. That raises the bar. You've got to believe a lot of news is already in, and you say you're a little nervous. (laughs) I'm
3: always a little nervous, right? But yeah, up 31%. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice to know, Josh. Thank you. Um, Up uh, 31%. Yeah, and it's the best bang year to date. Um, After lagging last year, right, and lagging the last couple of years, I think the the quarter's going to be fine. Digital ad, we're seeing the recovery. I think you're going to continue to see double-digit growth there. YouTube and search absolutely continue to see an improvement in momentum. Here's my worry. Operating leverage. The last two quarters, they crushed it on margins and operating leverage as a result and earnings. Um, they benefited $2 billion last year from the absence of travel and entertainment, right? So they saved $2 billion last year, which helped their margins by 40 basis points. So now, as we reopen, while I'm happy about travel search and all of that, I do worry about the operating leverage potential. That being said, it's a great story. I'm not going to trade around this position. It is one of my largest positions. But back to earnings, 179 companies this week alone, 141 companies next week. By the end of next week, um, we're going to have 85 percent of the S&P 500 having reported earnings. So you're right. It is a huge, huge couple of weeks and it's going to be fun.
1: Josh, just back to you for a moment. You know, uh, Google's one and a half percent from its 52- week high. Is this the report tonight that sets this stock on that next leg higher, blows through that number and sets a new milestone?
2: It would be nice if that were the case. I just don't feel that I have any edge in terms of like, first of all, uh, how great or how mediocre this report will be, but also on how the stock will react. So historically, the way I've been with um, these fang stocks, the ones that I like, if they do get killed on an earnings report, I'm more likely to react and buy uh, rather than sell. Um, it's been a while, though. Again, just to remind everyone, it's been a while since there's been a lot of post-earnings volatility in this name. It just isn't that type of stock. But they and I think the main reason why yeah. the main reason why is how reliable the advertising business is. Sure, it's it's just not prone to
1: shocks. They can lay an egg, though, right? I mean, they they have though in the yeah. past. They've laid a big egg in in the past. It's just now the environment feels like it is totally set up for for the company. Jason Snipe, you you own it uh, as well. It's a reopen play. But again, stocks up 31% going into the print. You've got to believe the bar is especially high.
4: Without a doubt, the bar is extremely high. You know, I think digital ad revenue is in focus for sure. I mean, we have $8.5 trillion. Uh, in market cap reporting this week between the Fang names, uh, I do think it'll be strong. I, th- I think it'll be, it'll be a solid quarter like the last couple quarters that we've seen. And obviously they've been levered slightly to the reopening trade, 10 to 15% of their revenue coming from digital ad spend. But I think it'll be strong. I think it'll be strong. I think you know for most investors that hold it, I uh, will be happy with the report all right pete that brings me to you for a reason because i want to pivot to microsoft which i
1: know you have liked for an awfully long time another stock that has performed quite well this year it's up 17 percent year to date may not be the best fang but it's been the most reliable fang perhaps in recent memory what now what happens with microsoft
5: I think they just continue to show us what they have in the past, Scott, which is the growth that they've shown in Azure. Uh, that is 50% last quarter. It continues to grow at an incredible pace, and they continue to grab some market share. I'm not necessarily saying where they're grabbing it from. It's not, I don't believe that it's coming from AWS, but they are grabbing some of that cloud market share. And that's certainly something that's been very, very important. It's about you know 20% of the cloud it's a it's a very big portion and then i i look at the one stumble that i think we're wondering when google sooner or later will get more uh, advanced percentage at least in terms of some of their cloud market share but they're still down there in the single digits and that, and that's still not profitable so at some point they will i think i think they'll continue to to work on that and i think that's going to be something that google's definitely looking at as a great revenue source but i i look at that right now for microsoft and i continue to see the upside there and i think josh in the past has also talked microsoft about you know all the various different areas but including xbox i mean they're killing it on every front so i would expect this to be another very strong quarter for microsoft when i look at it is it a little bit Maybe ahead of itself because of where it's trading right now on a P.E.? Yeah, maybe, but they've been growing into that each and every quarter. So I'm not concerned about the fact that maybe they're trading somewhere around a 31 or a 32 forward P.E. I think this is a company with the growth that they've shown us so far, they can continue to grow. And there's a lot of different categories where, where we can see that grow.
1: Okay, so you're not, you're not concerned that too much is in this stock, right? 17% year to date, it's a pretty darn good move for a company like Microsoft.
5: Yeah. When you consider the size of of, of Microsoft, yes, that, that has been impressive. I, I look at that name. I look at Facebook. I look at some of these other names that have made a really nice push to the upside. But when you see what, what Microsoft has been able to accomplish, Scott, it's right on. I mean, it's pushing right up against the 52-week highs, all-time highs. So... It's really impressive what they've been able to do. Satya Nadella's had a plan. He's stuck to the plan, and they've been very, very aggressive in what they've been doing. It's why I like it so much. I think the leadership says it all, and that's why I continue to hold it. I have added in the past, but I haven't added recently.
1: All right, Alphabet Microsoft get us started today. Apple, Facebook, they're in the gauntlet tomorrow. Stephanie Link, your only market weight on Apple, and it's been the big underperformer of the mega cap tech stocks this year. Does tomorrow get the ball rolling again or not?
3: No, I actually don't think so, especially headed into the fiscal third quarter, because that's their seasonally slowest quarter. And I think the commentary about that is going to be not positive. I don't think um, numbers are going to go higher. Look, I mean, the stock is up 95 percent in the past year and it was it's up 95 percent in the past year because it was anticipating 5G and the new iPhone cycle. And then also the work from home stay at home uh, iPhone uh, Max and, uh, and iPads. Um, I don't think that Macs and iPads are that sustainable at these levels. Right. I think they're going to continue to be strong. But I think they benefited from the stay at home situation. And so that's going to be a big question mark as well. So guidance kind of muted and then the sustainability Sustainability of Mac and, and iPad, and then we have to wait for the next iPhone, right? Which is not going to be a big deal, I don't think. It'll be fine. But I'm just saying, there's just not a lot of catalyst, and so I would much rather buy an Alphabet tomorrow if, if it's weak. Um, I might even get back into Microsoft. We'll wow. have to see. But I think Apple being, I think Apple being, um, you know, at this point probably like kind of dead money for a couple months. I think you got time.
1: Wow, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, Pete, to hear Steph talk like that about the stock that you you love <laughs> yeah. so much. Right, I mean, maybe expectations well, okay. maybe expectations are that low. I don't know. What do you think, Pete? You know, well, they, they could be low. Uh, you know, let's
5: let's be honest. And Steph pointed this out. I mean, when you look at what this stock has done in the last year, it's pretty daggone impressive. It's over the last couple of months this year, year to date, where we're not seeing that impressive move. But we see we did see that move at the second half of last year, where we watched Apple continue to move to the upside, and now it's in that pause phase. I continue to like this stock. I continue to think that it's got great upside. And the reason I do is now Steph was pointing out the phone and some of the other aspects of it. What I'm looking at that I continue to look at is what Katie Huberty points out, which is where is their margin? Their margins coming from services. It's coming from wearables. And I think those are the areas where I'm most focused. And I think that they are still continuing to gain ground. So I, I, we'll see how that c- comes out in the report. But I'm very, very confident. I look at this stock. I, I, I see how it's obviously paused so far year to date. Yeah, it's done nothing to date. But I still think there's date. plenty of upside. If there's,
1: done nothing. But if there's
5: any surprises, Scott, anything in a positive way, then this is a stock that absolutely could take off once again because people could say, you know what? It's made that pause. It's, it's, it's found that consolidation. And now let's go to the next level. And that's where I'm, where I'm basically putting
1: myself right now. All right. JP Morgan, Josh on Apple, expectations of a revenue beat have increased, they say, in recent weeks. They reiterate overweight. They've got 150 as the price target, 11% upside from here. Expectations on the iPhone are increasing for a beat. Service is likely to be resilient in growth. Is there anything not to like about this story? I'm just wondering why the stock hasn't done anything. Now, granted, over a longer period of time it has, but how do we see this now? This is a stock that's incredibly important to a lot of people.
2: Yeah, I just I just feel like and and I know I do this a lot, but it's really, really important, especially for the 40 million new investors who have joined uh, this this business of investing over the last year. It's so important for me to point this out, Judge, not taking away anything from your point. The stock's not up a lot this year and many of the other large tech companies are. But come on, this stock went up 88 percent in 2019, another 80 percent in 2020. During a recession, Um, so this year it's up year to date a little bit under 2%, but big picture, over the last five years, this stock has been compounding at an annualized rate of 40% a year, and it's doing that as the largest market cap in the world. This is maybe the greatest business in the history of mankind. So could you have dead money for a couple of quarters? Yes. Are you unable to live with that? Like, uh, you know. It like, like, if you have to scratch the itch, go buy and sell NFTs while you wait, because I think Apple ultimately rewards long-term investors. It's been doing that since the early 1980s. Um, I stay with my position. If they disappoint somebody who has a time frame of 90 days, I, I really don't see that as an issue. Um, and, and I've been rewarded for that attitude for a long time now. So that's where I am with Apple. And if you're really itching for a reason to sell it, let them disappoint. Like
1: they really haven't yet. Let let them make a mistake before you get bearish on it. I'm wondering, you know, Jason Snipe, 125 or 150, what's most likely to be the next stop for Apple?
4: I mean, I, I, I agree with Josh here. I mean, listen, Apple is a tremendous company, you know, up eighty-one percent last year. Yeah, they haven't participated in the rest of the Fang names, as we've already described in the commentary up, up until this up until now. But for me I, I think it i think it can push to 150 i think that might happen later on in the year as steph mentioned this is a traditionally a soft spot you know this part of the year but this is a legacy name for us i think there's you know they'll be continued upside going forward but
1: well, you're only market-weighted on, on apple and, and facebook for that matter why, why that view on apple
4: you know i for me it's just been portfolio management the other names you know we, we were market weight there we're overweight you know, Microsoft, we've been overweight on Google. Obviously, those names have run a lot, you know, but mark weight for me, I think with, with a legacy name like Apple, I think makes sense. And, you know, we're not we're not underweight. So I, I think it's it's it still has, you know, opportunity to run and still grow from here. for not, sure.
1: M- not much love on the desk for Facebook, Pete. What's up with that? I mean, you know, it's always a co- know. it's always a I controversial no name. It's always <laughs> a controversial name. I hear yeah. you on that. Right. It gets right. reiterated at the mm-hmm. top Internet pick by rating. At Deutsche Bank today, $385 is the price target. That's only a 27% upside from here, Pete. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I love it.
5: I I love this name. And it's okay that not everybody loves this name, but all you got to do is look at the performance that they've put out there. They've done extremely well, Scott, and they continue to engage. The interesting part is... Mark Zuckerberg probably as much as any if not more than any CEO has been up in front of somebody in Washington DC over the last couple of years and all the stock has done is gone higher and higher and higher. It's been an absolutely catapulting move to the upside. They've got growth internationally that still continues to be there. They've got a very sticky platform that continues to grow and they've got all kinds of different verticals. So Well, you know, when you look at this company fundamentally, Scott, when you look at where they are trading on a P.E. level in the mid-20s, that seems pretty reasonable. When you look at the cash that they are generating each and every quarter, it's absolutely extraordinary. And then you look at the actual fundamentals of what is their debt versus their cash position. It really does check every single box. And I think there continues to be areas of growth that are going to be very, very impressive. But, you know, I understand why a lot of people have stayed away because it's been part of what's been a political part of, of the markets Pete, at times it does have, have baggage yeah it has had a, it does but t- just take a look at that stock scott and tell me this it's got the baggage that it's got and yet here we are about 10 bucks away from its all-time high of 315. here it is trading a little bit above 300 or wherever it is right this moment but this is a stock that has basically gone past all of the hate, all of the whatever, and continue to go to the upside. Virtual reality will be somewhere in the future. If you're looking years out, I think that's going to be a big part of what happens there. But when you look at the international growth as well, when you look at India and you see how many... Folks are a part of Facebook there. And, you, you know, you, there are just so many different parts of this story that I think are not really told well enough. But that's okay. The, all the stock does is continue to perform. And it's performed very, very oh, no. well. All
1: you, you got to say, Josh, is advertising duopoly, basically, right, between Facebook and Alphabet. It's just you choose to own Alphabet <laughs> right. over Facebook. Why?
2: Uh, it's, it's not about, it's not about politics. I just think that some of the stuff that Google is working on goes far beyond the online advertising. And I don't think that that stuff is in the stock price. I don't think quantum computing is in the stock price. I don't think Waymo and the self-driving car are really in there, or at least not to the extent that they should be. If any of those other units within Facebook were standalone companies, I believe that the value would be significantly higher. Um, When you look at Facebook... I really think the whole thing is Instagram. And uh, that's where almost all of the growth, everything good that's happening for Facebook is directly related to Instagram and Zuckerberg knows it, which is why Instagram stuff is not really being broken out or being separately reported to the extent that it otherwise would be. And they're trying to ram all this Facebook stuff down Instagram users' throats to try to make the old platform as cool as the newer platform. Um, So I think that's what's going on there. So it's the opposite um, from, from my perspective. Uh, I do think Facebook has more political risk than Google, but Google has plenty. So for me, that's not a reason for Facebook to be lower. And I think Facebook and Google could both work their way higher. What they have in common, and I think Pete would agree with this, is that they're feasting on the carcass of legacy video and legacy advertising platforms. And that will not change. That will not stop. So as you continue to see traditional advertising revenue migrate um, from broadcast, et cetera, Mm. over to the web, over to mobile. um, And then you see Netflix and the -the over-the-top streaming services eat all the rest uh, of users' attention. Like, these businesses will continue to be good businesses. And uh, I think they'll have that going for them for at least a decade. Okay. So I think uh, you could be in either one.
1: All right. The gauntlet Thursday, Amazon. Boy, it's a big report considering, Steph, another stock that really hasn't done all that much. It's only up 5% year to date. It's up 5.5% over the past few months. So one month it's had a nice little run of 12%. But this almost becomes a battle like Bank of America is talking about, you know, the, the reopening versus the stimulus checks. People are getting money. They're going to spend it. They may spend it on places like Amazon, but we do have a reopening to think about. And they say that adds some uncertainty. Then there's the stock split that gets whispered around over the last few days, which we talked about like (laughs) six months ago, wondering whether they were going to do that or not. What do you think about all this?
3: I mean, I think a stock split would be very positive. That's number one. Number two, you're spot on in terms of, a muted stock price reaction year to date only up 5%. I kind of like that from a risk reward basis, expectations seem to be low. Retail e-commerce, whether we reopen or we have to co- go back into closure, it's not going away. It was a $4 trillion total addressable market in 2019. It's gonna be a $7 trillion total addressable market by 2027. And these guys are keeping their market share at about 20%. So I really feel like the retail e-commerce part of the story is just in, 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 it's just fine. The AWS saw a part of it, 20% of workloads are in the cloud, right? So we still have such a tailwind. And I don't think they're going to grow as fast as Alphabet in terms of cloud or maybe even Microsoft. But 25%, 30% growth is very respectable. So I like this name. And I think Jazzy's going to do a really good job. Remember, he was at Tableau and he increased that stock price fourfold right? And he also was part of AWS back in 2005. So he knows the company well. And I think it's going to be a very smooth transition. And so if anything, if this stock is weak, this is also one that I might take a look at and add to.
1: Okay. By Thursday night, Pete, by Friday morning, we're going to know whether this market is ready to take its next leg higher or if we're going to have that correction that people keep talking about is likely in the cards because of these reports and the gauntlet that Jim Kramer has said are the 72 hours and the most important of the year?
5: <laughs> it's definitely the 17 hours and most important uh, point of the quarter, because I think every quarter we look at this and say that same thing, right? I mean, it's, it really is something that uh, is unbelievable, and it's going to be a very active, obviously, week. And as people reposition, and we've watched volatility come back in, Scott, so we're in a different spot right now than we certainly were just a few months ago and then a half a year ago and all the rest of it and i think everybody's just trying to find themselves exactly how strong things are and the stay at home and the opening and the reopening and all the rest of it so there's a lot of different components that go into this whole thing in terms of how you're breaking this all down well, and it I matters think more we're than, we're than for other stocks
2: right
1: so, i mean it matters more than for for any other
2: stocks. i don't think it matters I don't why, think it matters why, that much. Why not? Am I the only one on the show? Am I the only one on the show that remembers the fact that these stocks did nothing from uh, essentially July, August into the end of last year? And we had one of the greatest fourth quarters of all time uh, for stock price? Yeah, like, well, am we're at am a different I the only one now, aware?
1: We're, we're at a different place now, though. You got people, the everybody premises, everybody's the premise is now that... talking about a correction, right? Hmm. So you're either going to get it pre- or you're well, not. And maybe it started by these.
2: That'll never change. Everybody will be talking about a correction. Anytime stocks go up and they feel like they don't own enough of them, um, they root for the punishment of other people who are long. But we'll put that aside. We've just been through a lengthy market period during which FANG stocks were not even in the conversation and the overall market did just fine. So do I think these reports are important? Yes. Do I think they're make or break for the market? We've just learned that they aren't. Could they lead a correction? Yes. But do we really think that investors, for example, in the homebuilders, homebuilder index year to date is up 38 percent this year. Do we think that the investors who are in those stocks heavily in those stocks and crushing it are waiting with bated breath to hear what Alphabet has oh, to the say? Really, I just do I would. So, I, so I forgot.
1: I forgot. So the home builders are going to take the market on its next leg higher. That, they just that, did. That's where it's going to come from now. They just did. It would, I, I don't care what just happened. They just did. I don't care what just happened. I'm talking about what's going to happen here forward. It's not about the home builders, right? I mean, why, why really is it?
3: It's, it's really about why what you it? think. It's really about what you think is going to happen with, with growth. It's really going to be about what you happen, what you think happens to inflation. And does that start to creep higher? And if interest rates continue to go higher? And I think that they will because of all the stimulus be- that we've talked about endlessly for the last several quarters. Let's do this. And so, therefore, cyclical actually thought. has outperformed. Hold
1: your thought. Mm-hmm. Hold your thought. Forgive me. I, I need to interrupt you because I need to go to Meg Terrell with some news from the CDC, something we've been looking forward to. Meg?
6: Hi, Scott. Some news from the CDC on guidance for wearing masks outside. They are now say fully vaccinated people can unmask for certain activities, including walking, running, or hiking, or biking outdoors alone or with members of your household, attending a small outdoor gathering with fully vaccinated family and friends, or a small outdoor gathering with a mixture of fully vaccinated and unvaccinated people, and dining at an outdoor restaurant with friends from multiple households. Now, they are still saying, even for people who are fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask, uh, particularly in public places that could be crowded. Like if you're attending an outdoor event, like a live performance, a parade or a sporting event, Uh, if you're going to a a hair salon or a movie theater. So they are not lifting mask mandates across the board for fully vaccinated people. But really saying what Scott, probably a lot of us have already been doing, uh, that if you're fully vaccinated in some of these low risk outdoor conditions, you don't need to wear a mask. But reminding folks that conditions are different all around the country. And so judgment should be used, of course. Uh, But this coming from the CDC, Uh, Scott, back over to you. All right,
1: Meg, we appreciate that. Thank you. That's Meg Terrell. Stephanie Link, forgive me for having to interrupt you, but that was important news we wanted to get to. If you could finish your thought, please.
3: Yeah, thank you. I know, and then that's it's terrific news. I'm so excited to hear it. Um, I, I just think that the reason why the Fangs have actually lagged the market is because you've had a rotation in the market. And we've talked about this, like I said, a couple for the last couple of quarters. When I, mean, I was buying cyclicals last summer, and so I do think if you look at energy up 27% year to date, and you look at materials up twenty-five percent year to date, and you look at industrials that are up fifteen percent, and so on and so forth, even financials have, have joined the party, they have absolutely crushed it relative to many many parts of FANG, many parts of technology, the parts in technology that have worked and they will continue to work, I believe, are really more of the cyclically sensitive names that's oh, okay. semis and semi-cap equipment. And well, so that's, that's my thinking on just why FANG has actually lagged versus other parts of the market. And they can be the leaders. Let, Those let, other pieces let me can be get, the leaders. Let
1: me then get quickly to a couple of things that you sold, unrelated to tech, <laughs> but more related to cyclical stocks, some industrials. Raytheon, and you just talked about energy, but you sold NextEra Energy, NEE, is the tier. Can you tell me why you sold these in about a minute?
3: Yeah, I can get really quick. Nextera is trading at 31 times earnings. It's a utility company, really, at the end of the day, not necessarily an energy company. It's more green. Um, Raytheon, I made 15% in it, a quick 15%. And I I prefer Boeing here. I prefer Emerson. So I I nibbled a little bit on those names. But I just felt like I wanted to take my gains in in Raytheon and just put it elsewhere, where some of those stocks that I mentioned, Boeing and Emerson, they've actually lagged.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think Jim Labenthal is still... um, in Raytheon. You, you have a big new buy as well. We're going to hold out on that one, though. Jason Snipe, quickly give me your new buy. It's United Health. It's a Stephanie Link name. It has
4: been. And now it's yours, too. Yep. Absolutely. So healthcare hasn't participated like the rest of the sectors. It's up nine percent year to date. But, you know, United for me, as I look at preventative care, elective surgeries, you know, trading at 22 times earnings, UNH has definitely benefited from these upward trends. You know, it depends on how you feel about where we are in the recovery. You know, in looking at uh, healthcare as a defensive sector, but I think UNH is 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 an opportunity here. You know, and that's why we hopped in. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Check out this mystery chart. A stock
1: that's up 35% in one month. It's rallying again today, and it is Josh Brown's latest buy. The reveal is coming up next. And a reminder, you can always watch or listen to us live on the go on the CNBC app. We're back in just two minutes. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other
0: LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit odfl.com to learn more.
7: Welcome back. I'm Rahel Solomon, and here is your CNBC News update at this hour. Attorneys for Andrew Brown Jr. say that a new autopsy shows that Brown was shot five times, including once in the back of the head. Family members are questioning why so many shots were fired. Body cam footage of the killing has not been made public. President Biden is set to sign an executive order to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour for federal contractors. The move will raise pay for hundreds of thousands of workers. JP Morgan Chase says that it'll have all of its U.S. employees back in the office by early July. Workers will rotate between in and out of offices. Offices will stick to current occupancy caps of 50 percent. And the deadline to get a real ID has been pushed back. Again, the Department of Homeland Security is expected to delay the requirement by another 19 months to May 3rd of 2023. They cite difficulties in renewing driver's licenses during the pandemic. And under the requirement, real IDs will be needed for domestic air travel. You're now up to date. Scott, I'll send it back to you.
1: All right, Rahel. Thank you, Rahel Solomon. All right, before the break, we tease that Josh Brown has a new buy. Tell us what it is, Josh.
2: So I made an initial purchase in uh, Leslie's, which is a 57-year-old uh, chain and, uh, I guess, huge service and service offering for the swimming pool industry, pools and spas. So it is a housing play, sort of, but I think it's even better. Um, Leslie's thinks that the amount of people uh, putting in new pools between 2020 and 2021 could be 200,000 new swimming pools. Demand is just absolutely off the charts. Uh, 32% year-over-year growth in permits for pools. And we're talking about a massive TAM. Uh, and Leslie's is a dominant uh, player in that business. So it's a recently public stock. It's only a $5 billion market cap. I would caution people, do not just pile into it and then send me an email in two weeks and ask me why it's down two points. Like, be, be patient with the name and accumulate it slowly, which is the way I do it. Um, but I'm looking at a competitor, a Pool Corp, P-O-O-L. The stock reported a monster earnings beat last week. It went up $100 a share. Uh, And there's only one other publicly traded name in this space, which is public very recently as well, Hayward. So Leslie is my favorite opportunity here. And look, every time somebody puts in a new pool, forget about whatever money they spend initially. This is a guaranteed, almost annuity-like stream of revenue for service providers. You can't install one and then get bored of it in two years and and let it go. So you are constantly buying chemicals, cleaning products, toys, toys. Et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very, very reliable, almost recession-proof business. Leslie says they've never had a year of down revenue in 60 something years. So I really like the name. I'm going to be in it for years. I don't know if it trades to 22 before it gets to 32. I don't really care about that.
1: Uh, but I will add to it on weakness. Well, I was I was going to ask you, you know, okay, this this is maybe one of those stories where you figure, well, you know, a, a lot is known, right? A lot of people are putting in pools and they're going to have to service them. But then you said. Which, which really caught my, my ear, is the pool corp move after earnings, suggesting that stock like this, yeah. even with the story that I just said, could still have a sizable gain going forward. It
2: can. This comp- Goldman Sachs brought this thing public like in November, and nobody paid attention to it. So this was not an IPO that like tripled. You know, It went up from its offering price, and people understand that swimming pools are on fire. Everyone conceptually understands that. But I think what they don't understand, it's not just about building more pools forever. I understand that 2020 is a very unique situation, but I do think there is a secular de-urbanization trend that will be a tailwind for these companies because people are increasingly going to have the ability to live further away from major cities, and they'll choose to. And when they do that, if they're working in industries where they're highly paid, they will have pools or spas. So we're talking about... 14 million bodies of water existing either at hotel properties, condo properties or people's individual homes, whether it's a hot tub or or a giant swimming yeah. pool. I, I mean, um I... and they're servicing the professional market. I hear you. So, I hear you. Like I I just I, I feel like the story's unknown because it's been public less than a year. I'm just thinking and about... for me
1: that's where a potential upside could come from. I'm thinking about what Rahel was telling us in the news report about, you know, all of JP Morgan's employees returning to the office in, in July. And it's likely not going to be the last. Rotating. To, rotating. Did you hear that part? Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> saying, right. I, I I'm just saying I, I, I'm I'm thinking about going forward and more people being back in the office than maybe we think. But I, I hear you on your story. I appreciate that. I I'm think, I'm think I'm thinking I'm going to be
2: uh, appearing
1: on this <laughs> show from my pool like a month from now. So, yeah, <laughs> hopefully not for a variety of reasons. No, definitely I will. (laughs) For a variety of reasons. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I mentioned that Stephanie Link has that new buy, a stock that is up 10% in the past two months. Plus, this is Financial Literacy Month. April is, and CNBC is committed to sharing messages from business leaders about the importance of financial education. Here is President and CEO of the National Urban League, Mark Morial.
0: Talk to your children and grandchildren about money, about the financial system, about the difference between purchasing niceties and necessities, about the difference between an appreciating asset and a depreciating asset. Oftentimes, we're too guarded about financial issues and money issues. We have to learn to talk to our children more about that because it is through that sort of exposure that they're going to learn.
1: All right, it's time for our call of the day, and it is Verizon. The stock's down about one and a quarter percent. Why? Because of a brewing price war between Verizon and AT&T. That is why Moffitt Nathanson downgraded Verizon today. So, Josh, you own it, and it really is all about AT&T. They say the call comes on the heels of last week's better-than-expected earnings report from AT&T. That performance should allow AT&T to continue with its promotion pricing stance, dinging its competitors. So you own Verizon. What do you do for others who might as well?
2: Yeah, I would just argue that this, this idea that all of a sudden it's more competitive, this is one of the most competitive businesses since day one. Like wh- wireless, the amount of money they spend on advertising, the, the price cuts, the promotions, it's always going to be that way. So it's not a great reason to get out of Verizon. People complain all the time there's no cheap stocks. I missed it. The Fed is taking away all my returns. Well, here you go. 11 times earnings four and a half percent dividend yield that's more than double what you're getting in a 10-year treasury i think if you hold verizon equity versus a treasury over the next 10 years you'll definitely have more volatility but I think you'll definitely have more return. Wow. And so I would not be a seller of
1: Verizon if you own it for the right reason. I got to own it for the next 10 years to make some money because this thing's been a dud <laughs> by every metric. One month down 3%, for, for, three months down two and a half percent year oh no, to date down 4%, month. six months down one and a half percent, one year down 2%, 9% below it's 52 week. I've got to wait 10 years. Judge it's a utility. <laughs> it's not a gro- It's not a growth stock. It's,
2: you own it. You own it for total return, which is the dividend plus any capital appreciation you get on the stock. It's one of the cheapest stocks uh, in in the S and P 500, and I would not be selling it because all of a sudden there's going to be promotional activity. There will always be. There always has been. Grow up, Moffat Nathanson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Link just says. Love you guys. Stephanie Link says, talk to the hand on that because she just bought AT and T. Stephanie.
3: Yeah, and so... Well, yeah, and, and, and back to selling Nextera at 31 times, AT&T is at 10 times. So to Josh's point, these are very, very cheap stocks. But this one yields 6.8%. And that's actually what caught my eye when I was doing homework on it after they reported. 6.8% well-covered yield. I thought the CEO did an amazing job on CNBC last week in talking about the strategy. It was a clean beat. The first, the first time they've had a clean beat in forever. Uh, they're very focused on subscriber growth. They beat on subscribers. HBO Max was two times the amount of expectations in terms of sub-growth, so that's a good thing. Um, and they've got ways to go in that in that part of the business. Mobility services margins were up 100 basis points. And ad revenue growth, they're starting to, to see that in WarnerMedia, so I think it's diversified. I think it's more diversified than Verizon. It's cheaper, has a better yield, and yeah, it's a utility. So are we gonna make a ton on this thing? No, but I I don't have a lot of these kinds of names in my portfolio, and I like to be diversified, but that yield is what really attracts me. All
1: right. Let me ask you about one more because it's one that maybe you don't mind waiting ten years for because you might have to. You know where I'm going with this one. What's <laughs> what 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 am I talking about? <laughs> you know. I know you know. <clears throat> GE know, maybe. Know. GE. All right. Yeah. All right. GE.
3: Look, I mean, this, the stock's up twenty percent year to date. It was a monster last year. Uh, Culp is doing the CEO. He's doing a great job of turning the story around. And yeah, turnarounds take a really long time. This wasn't the <clears throat> this quarter today wasn't the reason you own GE, you own it because aviation is troughing and they did a very good job on margins in aviation. I think that's the highlight. And so when you do get top line to actually improve, as we see the cycle, long cycle stories and industrials do better, you're going to see a lot of operating leverage. And healthcare was a gem. It remains a gem. It was really uh, power, uh, the, the power business um, and renewables that were really disappointing. But I think, again, that, too, is on the trough side of things. But restructurings take a long time. You know that. I, know. I have a few of them in my portfolio. I remain committed.
1: I know I, I joke around with you on this, but if I was to say, is this a three-year story? Is it a five-year story? Is it a 10-year story? What is it?
3: No, it's not a ten. It's not a ten-year story. I think I think the stock will be higher in a year from now. I think you're going to make money. I made a lot of money last year because I was buying it at six, seven, eight dollars a share. I know, but so like I think the it's last year was recovery you know story. a
1: lot. A lot has happened in the in the last year, Steph.
3: <laughs> I know. Well, I, I believe aviation is bottoming, so th- so so that's a good thing. I think, um, and I do think aviation as we reopen you're going to see an improvement um, in these kinds of companies. And, again, right. operating le- is leverage is, is underappreciated, and I think something that people will get very excited about once they start to really deliver on the top line.
1: All right, good stuff. I'm glad we hit it's that. It's not going
3: to be 10 years, though, Judge. I uh, promise you that. All right, all right, all
1: right. We'll be, hopefully we'll be back in another 10 and we'll check it out. All right, Pete, unusual activity. Straight ahead, get ready, get your pens and papers ready, too. We're back on the half after this. All right, Pete, Unusual. what do you got for us?
5: Yeah, I'm going to start with agriculture. So Mosaic, that's the first one, Scott. Now, we got a huge buyer out in June and September, but the June is the really monster. So 32,000 of the June 40 calls in Mosaic were being bought 27,000 in a single print for $1.20. Pretty aggressive. I like what we're seeing there. Somebody expecting to see that stock move to the upside. Next, I've got Blackberry. We don't talk about this one very often. Last week, they were buying the eight and a half calls. This week, they're buying the nine and a half calls that expire on Friday. So, pretty aggressive buying there as well. 16,000 of those, Scott. They're paying anywhere from 10 to 25 cents for those calls. I'm in both of these. I'm expecting to see something very soon, obviously, in Blackberry. Needs to happen fast. But I've also got Mosaic going out in time out to June.
1: All right. And I hear that you bought some AMD calls as well ahead of that print. And that, you know, look, that stock's been fabulous over a longer period of time. Uh, More recently, though, it hasn't done much.
5: You're right. It's pulled back significantly from where it was. It was on this big run to the upside, and then it suddenly hit that pause button. But... It's pretty interesting, Scott. Over the last three trading sessions, we have seen buyers of upside. Stock started at about 82. Now it's moved up a little bit. But we've seen buyers, 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 very large buyers, very short term. So clearly expecting something pretty good out of earnings itself.
1: All right. Uh, Lisa Sue, by the way, CEO, yep. AMD, on Squawk on the Street tomorrow. First on CNBC. Don't nice. miss that. Kramer and the gang. Uh, I'm sure, very much looking forward to that interview as we are as well. Ask halftime is next. You can send your questions by video. We'll play them on the air. Email us. Ask halftime at cnbc.com. We are back after this. All right, it's time to answer your questions now. Jason Snipe coming to you first. The better buy right now, Seymour in Palm Springs wants to know: Salesforce or Microsoft?
4: It's a good one, Scott. So. Um I would say I like Microsoft better here. I, I do like the acquisition, you know, CRM's acquisition of Slack earlier, uh, later part of last year that will consummate this year. Um, but I think Microsoft just got just exists everywhere as we open, reopen, and hybrid economy. I think Microsoft's the better bet here.
1: All right, Stephanie Link, Jason in Jason in Phoenix wells fargo has approved 600 plus million share buybacks. should have 40 plus billion dollars in excess cash after the second quarter how is wells fargo not going to become a crowded trade come q3 when the banks get their freedom back you own wells
3: <laughs> well um, it's up 48 percent year to date so i would say it is a little bit crowded but it only trades at 1.1 times book and that is very attractive one of the cheapest banks in the the names of that I own, but they did have a really solid quarter. It's the first quarter where actually they didn't even guide down in many, many years. So this is a restructuring. It's a turnaround again. But I do like the CEO and all the initiatives that they're putting in place, so I like it.
1: Josh Brown, William in Cape Canaveral, Florida, says store capital buy, sell, hold. Bought it a few months ago at $33, and it does underscore that a lot of people follow you guys into these trades. So what do you tell William in Cape Canaveral right now? Hi, William.
2: So this is not really a trade for me. It's an investment. I've been in the stock for more than four years, um, and I'm reinvesting dividends. Berkshire Hathaway owns 9% of this company. They did a secondary to raise capital, and Berkshire upped uh, their stake proportionately to stay at 9%, which I think is a good sign. People are screaming about inflation all the time these days. If that's what you're worried about, this is part of the answer to that. Landlords that have the ability to raise rents as prices go up in the economy. So
1: I like store, I'm in it for the long term, no intention of selling anytime soon. All right, thanks for the questions as usual. We got to bounce real quick. We'll come back and we'll do Final Trades next. It is time for Final Trades. Jason Snipe, start us off please.
4: Yeah, Scott, I like uh, Skyworks here. I, like, I really like the acquisition of Silicon Labs. I think that'll be, a major, that'll be a major catalyst going forward, expanding their reach in the EV space. Uh, stay long. Okay. The Linkster.
3: NXPI. Um, it was a really great quarter last night. A beat of raise. Gross margins grew 130 basis points sequentially over 240 basis points year over year on better pricing, better mix, auto, industrial, places you want to be within semiconductors.
1: All right. Pete Ejerian.
5: I'm going to give you a Virgin Galactic. In February, Scott, this stock was well over 50. Now it's back in the low 20s. I think it's ready to start moving a bit of the upside. Saw some call buying today.
1: Okay, Josh Brown.
2: Hold on to your lattes because Starbucks reports tonight. I'll be watching for their loyalty rewards program and comparable store sales.
1: Yeah, you've been a big fan of this one for, uh, for quite some time and now reopening play very much so. Yes, sir. There's a lot to say about that. That's a reaction shot. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live, weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC.
2: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at Wellsfargo.com slash ActiveCash.